Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Empowerment with Elizabeth. Today I'm here with my sweet new friend Jude, and she is going to talk to us about being a state title holder and her experience at Miss America. So Jude, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Jude Mabinay, and I'm Miss District of Columbia 2023. It took me nine years and seven state competitions to get here, so it's really exciting to introduce myself that way. Um, My passion is heart health and athlete safety advocacy. I have a dog named Waffle, and I just applied to business school, so quite a few life changes going on for me right now. I love it. I love it. So talk about how you got started in pageantry. Oh, gosh. Um, So I was very sick as a teenager. And there was a time in my life where I went to bed every night thinking that it might be my last. And so when I was 17, I was lying in bed and I just thought, if this is the end of my life, I want to feel like I really lived. And at that point, I really hadn't. I was very fixated on going to college and building my resume and applying and, you know, what I hoped would come next. But I was kind of missing the life that was right in front of me. So I just recently watched the movie Miss Congeniality with Sandra Bullock. And I thought, "Ah, a pageant. I could do that. Like, whatever. Put it on my bucket list. And then, you know, fast forward, I'm a freshman in college. I get an email that says that Miss DC needs contestants. And I went for it, caught the bug, and it took me all the way here. And here you are. I love that. Um, So we we saw you sing um, phenomenally at Miss America. So talk about your talent. You know, how did you get started singing? And then also, how do you go about selecting a piece to sing at State and then at Miss America as well? Sure. So I was forced into music at a young age. I grew up in a military household, but I was raised by a single mom and I'm one of four. So my mom had this idea that in order for all of us to not get in trouble, we had to play a sport, play an instrument, take voice lessons, learn a second language, have a leadership activity and join a club. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Live in our house. So that started at fifth grade. And then it was until you graduated from high school. And so when I got thrown into voice lessons, I wasn't really enthused about it. I didn't want to do it. So I said, okay, if I have to study classical music and opera and all that stuff, I'm going to pick the darkest music possible. So my talent for Miss DC and also for Miss America was singing Puccini's O Mio Babino Caro. And I chose it because it was the first song that I learned in lessons. So I did it to kind of pay homage to my mom who forced me into this cultural, you know, experience that really paid off and made me a much more well-rounded person. But in terms of picking a song, I think that it's important for all contestants to choose something that they like to sing. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that I'm very sick of singing that song. You drill it so much in prep and in practice that I don't want to hear it ever again but I like singing it. It's a song that I can sing whether I have my full voice or lost my voice. I'll tell you what, Miss America, I lost my voice the day after we arrived. So I had to pick, I I was glad that I chose a song that I could sing no matter what. And just pick a song that you can connect with, a song where you can hit those notes and a song that is fun for you to perform. That's my advice. Yeah, I love that. That's so funny. You're so you're so right. I'm a dancer, and um, anytime I hear a song that I've like done a solo to, or even just a group dance, I'm like, turn it off. Yeah, like you know, opening yeah. number songs are on my do not playlist, like for my wedding for the rest of eternity. I'm like, do not ever play this song. I don't want to hear it ever again. Immediately, no. <laughs> um, so we talked about talent, but what is your favorite phase of competition? And then tell us a little bit about why. I am an interview girl. I love interview. You know, I always say that I am a subject matter expert on one thing and that's myself. So interview to me is just celebrating who you are and sharing that with a panel of strangers who are then going to make judgments about you. But for me, I think that that's fun. And I like sharing my story. I like sharing, you know, what I'm passionate about. 
and, you know, telling a few jokes and letting these people kind of figure out who I am and what I'm about. Yeah. And you kind of already mentioned it earlier, but another part of interview is your CSI. So talk about your CSI, you know, what it is and what kind of led you to choose that topic. Sure. So my service initiative, um, I called it Check Your Heart. And I am a really strong advocate for preemptive heart health and preemptive heart screenings, CPR and AED awareness and knowledge. I lobby for life-saving legislation and I fundraise for medical research specifically about heart health and heart health equity. And so for me, I chose this because I had my first heart attack when I was 16 years old. And before I turned 18, I had six separate heart attacks. And so I am one of over 60 million women and one of 121.5 million Americans in the U.S. who are living with heart disease. And so for me, choosing my CSI was a no-brainer because I had long started my advocacy work before I ever hit the Miss America stage and long before I ever even competed for Miss D.C., And so when it comes to choosing your service initiative, it has to be something that you connect with. I'll tell you that I've had a lot of opportunities throughout my year of service as Miss DC because I have my own personal connection to the cause. And while everybody now in Miss America is going red for women, which is exciting for me as a survivor, the experiences and the opportunities that I have to work on that initiative are a lot deeper because of my personal story. And so my advice to all contestants is pick something that is meaningful to you and something that you can really connect with and relate to because organizations for their marketing purposes, they need people's stories to to get their message across. They need it to fundraise. They need it to lobby. And so, you know, if you hate the beach, maybe your platform shouldn't be save the whales, right? So pick something that really, really is personal to you and run with it. And my other piece of advice is don't start your own nonprofit if you don't have to. (laughs) There is already an organization with a lot of funding and a lot of manpower who is doing the thing that you want to do. And being in DC, we're competing with every major nonprofit in the country. Everybody's here. And so there's a lot of opportunities to connect. But too often I see contestants like, oh, I started my 501c3. But in the time that it takes to do that paperwork, in the time that it takes to set that up, you could have been doing something incredible with a pre-existing organization that has a lot of resources. And so my advice is just, too many times I see contestants like, I'm going to start my nonprofit. And I'm like, why? Because Susan G. Komen exists or the American Heart Association exists or PETA exists. Like organizations are already doing that work. So lean in and partner with them because you can scale your impact so much faster. You yeah. really can. And save yourself a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, and money and just like energy. I mean, I partnered with the AHA. I partnered with Simon's Heart and I partnered with MedStar Health, which is DC's major hospital network. And in five months, I did everything that I wanted to do as Miss DC. So now my last five months as Miss DC now, I'm scaling my impact and doing cooler things and bigger things. Like my heart month calendar is crazy, but that wouldn't have happened if I was doing like Jude Mabinay's heart charity. It's because (laughs) I partnered strategically with organizations that were doing the things that I cared about and I made myself available to them to support their work. And so I think that that's the whole purpose of being a title holder is to help Uh, you know, elevate the voices of the people who are in need or in the community that you serve. And so the best way to do that is by partnering with pre-existing organizations. I cannot stress that enough because all these random nonprofits that we start as contestants, like, I don't know, more often than not, they don't go anywhere. Now, of course, like Miss America started her own nonprofit. She's doing great. Like she's raised, I think a quarter of a million dollars. So if you're really in it, great. But if it's going to just be something that isn't sustainable for you, partner with somebody who already did it. Please. That's good advice. (laughs) 
That's just like, that's my, that's my pseudo platform as Miss DC <laughs> is stop making nonprofits partner with organizations because you can just do more. I think people really need to hear that though. So I love that you bring that up. I think that that's, I, you know, I just think that, you know, there's just so many opportunities that are missed when you do that. Mm-hmm. And I just want all contestants to be able to scale their impact the way that I've scaled mine as a local title holder. And then of course, as a, you know, state title holder, even though I'm not a state, but we all know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so which of the four points of the crown is your favorite? Mm. I'm going to say service because I think that service is something that's just an integral part of my existence as a human being. Like I said, I grew up in a military family. So the idea of service above self was instilled in my, in my life and in my values very early on. So I think that's the thing that makes Miss America different than other, you know, pageant outlets is that the service is really at the core what this program is about. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you said you competed for multiple years. So why this year do you think that the judges selected you to represent D.C.? Well, I went in strategically. I went in with a plan and I told them in my closing statement that I was calling this my miracle year because I had aged out in 2021 as first runner up. I was first runner up in D.C. multiple times. I was a runner up in the top five several times. And I just, you know, kind of had grieved the loss of the dream. But I came in telling them that, you know, a year ago, America watched DeMar Hamlin go into sudden cardiac arrest. And it started a national conversation about the issue that I was advocating for. And then, of course, Miss America partnered with the AHA. So I told them, it's a no brainer. Like, you have to pick me because this is the time where my impact can be scaled and my impact can go places. And if you want the Miss DC brand in all of that sauce and all of the things that are happening, then like there is no other option. And I think that that is what set me apart. But also, I was doing that job. Mm-hmm. I was Miss DC years before I became Miss DC. I was out in the community. I was serving my unhoused neighbors. I was with, you know, women and children's charities. I was fundraising. I was working on my CSI. Like I was living that life. And so when I did win, it wasn't a shock and it wasn't a transition. I got a little busier because you have a few more opportunities, but I was doing that job well before they gave me that crown. I love that. I love that. That's so funny. Your closing statement. That it that is really smart though to bring up, you know, something that we all remember happening in the media and then being like, it's it's a no-brainer. You've got to pick me. <laughs> yeah. And you know, your closing statement, I thought I think we got rid of that for interviews now, but in your opening, like that is your opportunity to say what you want to say. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you, my Miss America opening statement was pretty much exactly that. A year ago, Damar Hamlin. Here's what I've been doing as Miss DC. Here's my connection to that cause. And here's what I want to do as Miss America. That's how I opened. And, you know, at the state level too, I think that it's impactful. Like you get your 30 seconds, say what you want to say, hit those points. If the best thing about you is your CSI, talk about it. If the most interesting thing about you is like your ability to be a brand manager and to like really grow the organization, talk about that. Like whatever it is, find that thing that sets you apart. And use that time strategically to make that known. And also, if you can make history in some way, judges love to be part of that. True. Like, invite them into the story. I said, this is my miracle year. Like, of course, they want to be part of that miracle year. They want to make this dream come true. They're on this journey with me now. So find whatever that is for you and how that fits your narrative and put that in your opening. Because that's going to really set the tone for the conversation you're going to have in that, what is it, eight minutes now or eight minutes, 30 seconds? I'm not even sure. But just really use that time strategically and figure out what it is that sets you apart and brand yourself in those 30 seconds. 
Absolutely. And you just came back, you know, from Miss America. So talk about, you know, before you got there to Miss America week, you know, what did your prep look like? What did you focus on? Well, my thing was, I, you know, I'll be honest, like my dream was to be Miss DC. And I knew that there was a one in 51 chance that I'd become Miss America. And I kind of thought, I have so many things happening in my life that I think being Miss DC is like a really good thing for me and kind of fits along my timeline for my life a little better. Like I just applied to grad school. Like I want to go this fall. And so my focus was really just utilizing the brand to do the things that I wanted to do and to make the connections that I wanted to make, because this year of service should carry you through the rest of your life. Like you should be able to make really meaningful connections that you can tap into later on. And so my prep was very much doing the job of Miss DC going out, meeting diplomats, meeting, you know, people in cool organizations that I want to work with later in life, serving the community, like making those connections now. And so that was really my focus because as I was prepping for Miss America and doing voice lessons and walking lessons and picking out wardrobe and all of that, I was also applying to business school Mm -hmm. as a fellow in management leadership for tomorrow. So I was busy. So, you know, I did all the regular stuff, but my focus was how do I be a really, really great Miss DC Because one, that's proof to me that I could handle any job. But two, I didn't want to miss out on those first six months of my reign just focusing on Miss America prep. I love that. I love that. And when you got to Miss America week, you know, I'm sure you had an idea of what it was going to be like. But what, whenever you got there, was the most surprising thing to you about that week? You do not sleep. Fair. There is no (laughs) sleep. I've heard that we had more flexibility than other classes, which I definitely believe. But you're running on like three hours of sleep a night. Um, I wish I had slept for like two months before in preparation, but you're just not sleeping. And I'm an introvert by nature and you're just constantly around people. But surprisingly, like that didn't bother me at all because my class is full of hilarious and just like very down to earth, very cool people. We all are still texting constantly every day. And so I think I got a little bit surprised myself by how much being around people like didn't energy suck from me, but also just the fact that you're like, you're not going to sleep. Yeah. You're just not. That's just the America experience. Like there's no sleep. You're just <laughs> running on adrenaline and vibes. Um, on the, on the flip side, what was your favorite part about Miss America week? I think my favorite thing was that we all like have these videos on our phones of just like what I call the archives, just things that we'll never post of just like people silly goose in making up songs in the middle of the hallway at like one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you know, dancing randomly, like in the hallway, just everybody was so goofy. And I think there's a perception about women in pageantry that were catty or that were fake or, you know, were uptight or trying to be perfect all the time. But in my experience, that hasn't been the case. And the women that I spent the last week with in Orlando are evidence of that. I love that. Um, Our final question, if you could give one piece of advice to a girl competing at Miss America next year, what would it be? Live in the moment. You are going to be inundated with requests to post things on Instagram and brand this and brand that and be strategic. And that's cool. But you also get to go to Miss America once. Mm -hmm. So be strategic. I'll tell you, we were making videos, like multiple reels every day. And about two days in, I said, I don't think this is sustainable. I don't think I can do this myself. So what I did is I texted some of my most trusty and loyal local title holders and said, I need help, SOS, I need support. And I would send them videos that I had captured at different events and they would put the reels together for me. Genius. So put a team together who will help you with your social media of local title holders or your board or your friends or whomever and get them to help you with some of that legwork because 
yes, it's important to brand the organization. It's important to, you know, thank the sponsors. You're getting, you know, a lot of free activities, a lot of free gifts while you're there. And that's well and good. But I don't know how one person can handle all of that posting. So we'll build a team and have that going in. And that's what I'm going to do for Miss DC 2024 is build her a team to support with that social media marketing part while she's at Miss America, because that will take a lot of stress and a lot of responsibility off of her plate. I love that. I and mean, I'm just thinking about like state week. I did Miss Texas last year and I was drained. And then obviously, cause it's exhausting and I'm an introvert too. So I was like, that was my first time ever competing. So I was just sitting there like half the time, like disassociated and girls would come and be like, are you okay? And I was like, I don't know. I really don't know. And then you'd have to get home and then like post sponsors or something. And I was like, this is like my last straw. So that's yeah. I'm like, give that for like state week. Do it. No, highly recommend. We're a little different in DC where that's not really like a large part of our experience because we're just such a small, small organization. But I think build a team for your social media, make some templates ahead of time if you can you know, drag and drop, like utilize that Canva account. We all have one. Mm -hmm. I, I highly recommend that. And then find some quiet time. I intentionally would just like skip. I mean, this is bad because you should eat breakfast, but like I would skip breakfast sometimes to like sit in my room in silence a couple days, because again, you need that time to yourself to reflect, to recover, to think about what you're experiencing because you don't want to miss the moment. And I can say like, I felt like I was one of the more present people because I wasn't on my phone making reels because I had a team. So definitely that's my pro tip. That is the knowledge that I pass on to the next generation of Miss America contestants is the social media requirements are heavy and for good reason, but like be strategic and get yourself a team. Yeah, I'm definitely like, I'm writing that down like as we speak. That's yeah, and do it for a state too. Cause like, yeah, you're in a big state. I'm sure you guys have a lot of cool things planned. Um, so yeah, just, you know, lean on your local board to really help you with that or your friends or whomever. Cause I think that that's just a good lift and you can still, you're still capturing the content. So it's still authentically your experience. Just, we don't necessarily have to be the one putting it all together and making all those little edits and cuts because that just takes a lot of time. And you want that time to, you know, recharge or to connect with the other contestants. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jude, for coming on and um, giving us some great advice that I have to tell you, I haven't heard most of the advice that you gave from anybody. So um, I really did learn a lot about Miss America Week from you just now. So thank you so much for your insight. I'm definitely going to be stealing your ideas for state. (laughs) Um, So I just appreciate you coming on. No, thanks for having me. Of course. And I will see the rest of you guys on our next episode. Bye, y'all.